0: I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. This episode's part of a series I recorded at the Adobe Summit in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us. So my name is Kylie O'Neill, and I am a Senior Director of Product Management at Monotype. And with me today is my colleague.
2: Hi, I'm Bill Connolly. I'm a Director of Content at Monotype. Perfect.
0: Well, uh, one of you, I was curious, what is Monotype? Can you (laughs) update my perspective? I I feel like I know it from fonts. Yep.
1: Yep. um, Our our legacy is definitely uh, Monotype is the the largest and um, oldest foundry. We have some of the uh, most recognized global fonts around the world, but we've, we've really been... Evolving the company as well to um, be more of a brand company to enable our customers with brand assets to enable them to best present their brand around the world and to best leverage their customer relationships and customer engagements to bring their customer voice to life around the world. So it's it's you know we still have that strength of legacy, but we really are evolving as the market has evolved.
0: Well, are there emerging trends or challenges today with with your business or kind of where you're trying to take it that marketers are facing?
1: Yeah, there's a you know if if I stay on the font side for a bit, fonts are far more complex than than people realize. There's a lot of licensing behind fonts. Fonts are design and they're software, and so especially as um, marketers are trying to experiment with new channels and new experiences, you know things like AR, VR applications. That's a whole new way of using font software, and so you not only need the inventory, but you need technologies and expertise to help make sure that you're rendering fonts and that you're bringing your, your brand to life in the most legible way and the most clear way that you can. So, we have all of those to bring to bear to help our customers to make sure that they're, they're meeting the challenges of these new environments.
0: That's, a, that's amazing. I mean, I, that, that's got to be quite complex.
1: <laughs> it's very complex. It's, people don't realize that, again, I'll go back to the AR-VR kind of example, right? If you're in an augmented reality app, depending upon what your uh, what the background is that you're, you're facing your, your device against, you may not be able to read the words that, that are being communicated. We work a lot with automotive manufacturers. And so if you think about your car dashboard, we supply both fonts and technology to make sure that your eyes are on the road. They're not spending too long trying to read your navigation device. So it's the area, the software behind fonts is actually far more complex than people realize.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you've got another business. I may mispronounce it. Olapic? It's Olapic. Olapic. Yeah. O-lapic. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what Olapic is.
1: Sure. Why don't I let Bill take that yeah. one?
0: go for it.
2: Sure. So... Olapic is. I find it to be a very interesting business that I think really is aligned with Monotype's strategy of, of brand expression and, in particular, authentic brand expression. So, Olapic uh, started as a product that as a SaaS platform that helped companies collect Instagram photos and videos that their customers were taking of products of their favorite brands. Tag those those photos to use in the e-commerce environment and other marketing channels, and the the benefits of that were were twofold. Both for, from the customer side, they got more authentic uh, representations of who they were and what their lifestyles were like. You know, if you were going to buy a couch, for example, you may not want to see that couch in a big lit warehouse that's been staged to look beautiful in a creative shoot. You might want to see what it might look like in your small Brooklyn apartment, or what it might look like in your bungalow that you live in in, in Southern California. Or wherever you might you might live. Uh, similarly, you know, for other industries like beauty is another one that I think has always played very well with with uh, with that sort of product or uh, that sort of service. You want to see somebody who looks like you wearing a particular cosmetic brand, for example. So that's kind of how Olapic started. There's other products that, that have been layered onto it, one of which being a product called Content Emotion that helps at scale deliver short form video for use across digital environments like Instagram Stories is, is you know, a, a main use case there. And the reason... That, that it works so well with Monotype is because historically, as Kelly mentioned, Monotype has owned and helped brands to develop their their brand expression through typography. Mm-hmm. And what Olipic does is sort of layers over a visual component to that. So now when a company comes to Monotype and they, they're saying, we want to be consistent in the way that we are engaging with our customers, Monotype has more of a... Scope of services to offer to help them do that. I mean, consistency is increasingly important. You know, there's more competition, more
0: digital environments, so on and so forth. Got it. Got it. Well, as you guys think about marketing today, what, and maybe for your own companies and um, and brands and products underneath that, what's top of mind? What's?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we're trying to help our customers with is to be able to just focus on design and focus on that customer experience and not have to spend time worrying about things like compliance or getting the rights to user-generated content. We want to remove all of those things from our customers. So one of the areas that we've been focused on with our latest product, which is called Mosaic, is enabling our customers to have just full use of our broad library of assets and be able to just iterate and and pitch and and create and and collaborate so one of the things that's at the heart is helping our global brands collaborate with their global network of agencies and enabling them to work well together and again to not be worried about let's take the the tactical and the compliance side out and just let your designers and developers go. And so I think that's for our customers one area that that we're definitely focused on. I think for monotype which is interesting, you know a lot of the talk at the conference that we've been hearing for years is is all about that single view of the customer. We have that same challenge, right? So we're going through that same challenge internally at, at Monotype to be able to to deliver to our customers a single view and to, to take them along the customer journey.
0: Right, right. So what, how are you guys thinking about customer experience or the customer journey today? it is hard.
1: It is definitely hard. And it's, it's hard when the speed at which the, the world is evolving and the breadth of the solutions that we have, there's a whole other area of our business that you know we, we, we haven't even gotten into here. So it's, it's bringing all of that together and, and finding ways to let our customers know what we have to offer, but not overwhelm them so you know we we have our mosaic product for instance is a sas-based cloud solution so we provide expertise and resources within the product so um, we can expose our other solutions to those users but in the right way so if they're looking at a certain type of global font we can provide our expertise around global font pairings or um, expanding globally or if they're looking for information about customer information we can we can bring our other solutions to the environment that they're kind of living in
0: so kind of looking for those signals based on the type of thing and then trying to match that with something else exactly yeah, yeah.
1: exactly yeah makes
0: a lot of sense well What is next? Are you guys thinking about anything new on the horizon to test how to get out to market? your products and services
1: yeah so um i've mentioned a couple times arvr we have some technology that we have brought to market to again optimize the rendering and presentation of typography in arvr environments i think that's an area that it's it almost feels like it you know was mobile five years ago it's like right. when's, the, when's the year of mobile you know that's it's been when's the year of arvr you know we're starting to see more activity there. You know, I think that's a market that there's a lot of intrigue, but there's not a great monetization model quite yet for for folks. So we're definitely seeing activity in things like training environments and, and those kinds of environments. But that's definitely an area... Bill mentioned on our olympic side, um, one of our more recent solutions is that Content in Motion, which is the video creation environment. That is an area that we're seeing a lot of pickup. We've got you know customers like Aveda that are using it, that are, are um, seeing more and the ability to continue to get new, fresh content out there, but content from an authentic voice, from the customer voice. Right.
2: Right. To continue that through line, I, well, I mean, this is something I think about. I don't know if this is, you know, how everyone feels about it, but I, but I'm thinking about the value of creative expression across branding. I think, I think brand the way consumers engage with brands is more nuanced than ever before, and because of things like Amazon and things like just the the, the changing sort of buying journey, it's no longer linear. Brands need to be really consistent with how they engage with their customers across different ecosystems. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as Kelly mentioned, AR, VR environments, we're talking about, you know, the way that people uh, engage with sound. We were talking about earlier the way people engage with new types of touch points, the way you talk to your phone and then something, something on a different device is going to render. Those are all touch points that a brand has to be cognizant of and having a real 360 degree view of the customer is one thing. It requires the data and the technology. But it also requires the brand and the creativity mm-hmm. to make meaningful moments with those, with those customers and kind of bring them along. The other thing I talk about a lot on the Olympic side is how people just want to buy from brands that, they ca- that care about the same things they care about. Mm-hmm. So I wrote an article last week about Tom's, which is one that we talk about a lot, because they just live their brand value. Great. You know, they
0: start. Selling a little or a lot. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: By building a product because they saw a marginalized community that was doing it themselves, and they said, hey, we can give back to this. And they've kind of consi- consistently one up themselves. And people respond to that stuff. So what I really love about Monotype is that we empower those creatives to remove the friction, like Kelly was saying, right. we get out of the way or help them get out of, get that stuff out of the way through our products and our IP and other things that we offer them, strategy and so forth. So they can just create cool stuff mm. and engage with their customers and create loyalty and meaningful relationships with their customers. So that will keep evolving. There'll be new channels, there'll be new touch points, right. there'll be new technologies and the brands that can kind of stay ahead of that and do it in an authentic way are the ones that will succeed. Cool. Cool.
0: Well I, I know it's early, this first mm-hmm. day of the summit. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would take away so far?
1: Well, so in my background prior to joining Monotype, I spent a number of years on the commerce and then content side. Oh, right. Yeah. So I've either partnered with or competed against <laughs> Magento, Adobe, you right. know, across the years. i was part of a, the ATG acquisition at Oracle. And so, you know, I sat through the general session this morning and, and saw, you know, all of the, the layers in the this platform stack. I think it's, that's been the, the vision for a lot of these companies for a number of years now. So it's, it's good to see it coming to fruition. And it's good to see it becoming more actionable and, and real, if you will. I went to a session with Axiom and Toyota, talking about how they've built their single view of the customer, and it's it's they've done a, a really fantastic job when you think about the complexity of that of the automotive space. And so, seeing the real examples that go beyond the tricks or tactics that were, in some ways, not so successful, I mm-hmm. think was was good to see.
0: Got it, got it. Well, um, let's have a couple, a little bit of fun. Any uh, curious if there's the best piece of advice you've gotten in your career or in life in general that you would would want to pass on to somebody else?
1: Yeah, best piece of advice. So from a career context, it's I don't know if I'd, if I call it a piece of advice as much as of a kind of just an obvious when you when you think about it, but it's I'll, I'll never forget in one of the my early reviews. That I was had a review with the, happened to be the CEO of the company at the time. So it was a small company, and you know just his statement of you know keep in mind that more often than not, your biggest strength is also your biggest weakness, right? And so the way it manifests itself, you know, you can have passion or you can, you know, let that passion get away from you. And so I think I try and, and, uh, keep that in mind and, and try and, uh, and find that balance.
0: <laughs> right. And keep a, keep a balance, yeah, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I would say two,
2: uh, two ones that I think are correlated one kind of along the same vein as Kelly I think to care about stuff when i first when i got out of college i interviewed with 50 companies before i got a job and and in my school they would give you feedback on your interview style and and, and why they weren't going to move you ahead and most consistently they said we liked you they were the resume whatever but they didn't they seemed kind of apathetic and didn't seem like they cared about our brand and who we were and all this kind of thing. And and it, honestly, I think it was just cause I was beaten down from interviewing so many places. I was like, <laughs> you know, losing right. it. But, it, but it taught me very quickly that I should pick things that I care about and do them well. And I'm most attracted to people who are passionate. There's plenty of them at Monotype. That's really what I was most surprised about, not just because I was from my own ignorance, but when you talk to somebody who's a designer, they're so passionate about what they do, and it's infectious, it's contagious. So I think being passionate, that's something that, that will serve you very well. And then the second thing is to just do stuff. You know, I've heard that from a lot of my mentors, is just do it and figure it out later how it fits into whatever you're, you're thinking. Because I just think there's so many times where... We, we, you could you could should yourself a friend of me recently say stop shooting all over yourself which is which is not a swear you're <laughs> right it's right. not a swear yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. just everyone out there well this is, a, is this stop. is like
0: cable almost, yeah so yeah okay yeah, perfect yeah.
2: <laughs> stop telling yourself you should do this and should do that and just go do something and uh, <laughs> so I've tried to live by that as best as I can just doing stuff and figuring out how it fits into the whole bigger puzzle piece later I love that
0: I love that well um, let's see What what's your go-to source for information
1: you know i gotta say it's linkedin like i i find just by going through linkedin and seeing you know the articles that others have have highlighted that that often you know i get all the daily emails i get you know i, I like the TechCrunch email i like the even the Ad age email is, is great from a just a branding standpoint mm-hmm. but i i find the gems in, in linkedin
0: interesting what about you?
2: I would agree. I spent a lot of time, I think, on LinkedIn, kind of reading things that are trending mm-hmm. or things that people I trust are sharing. Right. I'd say a lot of the great content that comes from LinkedIn isn't in the article form. You know, it's you know, what people are posting in their own in their own feed. You know, like I said, people that I trust, that I... That I want to emulate and that sort of thing I, I follow that I also read Ad Age and Digiday and a lot of the industry publications that that are you know interesting to me but I also find you know it's probably maybe a cop out answer but I also get a lot of my information just from conversations with people mm. I find that people don't realize how insightful they are so a lot of times <laughs> if you if you kind of talk to somebody I'm used to doing what you're doing interviewing yeah, people that's what yeah. I'm mostly what I'm doing what <laughs> I do And I find that when you interview people, they'll say something as a throwaway comment. And you are like, wow, that was actually really insightful. That's what we should focus on here. But they may not not have thought to put it in an article format. So
0: I find that to be really a good way to get information. That's great. Well, last question. One thing you love and one thing you hate.
1: So, if we're talking about it from a marketing tactics standpoint, so I'll start on the reverse, and I'm yeah. I'm probably at, <laughs> some <laughs> have heard me on my soapbox before, but I hate retargeting. I yeah. think retargeting is just cop out. I think retargeting is a waste of money. Very often, very often, I, I as a consumer was doing research, and I've already gone to another channel, and I've 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 made a purchase, and you're hounding me. <laughs> you right. know, so so I just. Both from a consumer standpoint and from a, a marketing budget to spend, I hate that. <laughs> it's my personal pet peeve. So sorry for all those retargeting providers out there. And maybe I've just seen bad implementations. Right, of that's it. possible. But, but that's my my hate. My love, I think is that just. I started out on the agency side, mm-hmm. and so I I just love the creative. Process. I love the ability to, you know, like I said, what we try and do is we try and get out of the way and just say, "Go create, spend your time creating, and and coming up with lots of options and lots of variety, and and let's collaborate on it." And I just I love the whole creative process around around the the business.
2: Great. I'll I'll do the reverse as well. I you know, I think something that I hate is I hate roadblocks. Mm. I hate when there is an inclination to say no first and figure out why they said no later so i i mean i'm i i've like i'm an amateur improv comedian and i <laughs> and so i'm trained to say yes and, and everything right exactly and uh, and i and i like to do that with marketing as well to an extent right i mean you don't want to be throwing crazy stuff out there but a lot of times in my career you come up against teams or clients or folks where they just want to they're gonna say no, even if they don't and they, they don't really know why they're saying no. And uh and, and again, that's something I like about the environment we have. We test things, we're willing to to work together, come to mm-hmm. solutions. Something that I love, like I alluded to before, is passion. I just find it very contagious. I had a professor in college who was an astronomy professor, and I was at a business school, and he was crazy. I mean, like he, you know, he had a moon earring and like he didn't fit into <laughs> the didn't fit into this business, everyone was in suits. Yeah. He's my favorite professor because he was so passionate about outer space and about space travel and about NASA and about all this stuff and I, and I, I became so infatuated with that world just because that person was so passionate. I, I feel I, I like I like to gravitate towards people like that that are passionate even if it's something that I don't necessarily know much about. I think that it's just a really infectious
0: energy and it eludes it, it the creative process quite a bit I think as well. Well thank you guys for coming on.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Hi it's Ellen again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me, with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners, and you can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today.